for just a few moments this morning, I want to preach on the subject of the joy of decrease. And no, I did not get that wrong. There is a joy of increase, but I want to talk about the joy of decrease. As we're in a time of prayer and fasting, one of those things that we do as we pray and fast is that we want the Lord to be exalted and for us to be in His will, us to be decrease, if you will, and that it be more about the Lord. Look at your neighbor and say, it's all about Him anyway. It's all about the Lord. And so let's read this together. There are a couple things that I, I want you to repeat after me. Then there arose a dispute between some of John's disciples and the Jews about purification. And they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who was with you beyond the Jordan, to whom you have testified, behold, he is baptizing and all are coming to him. Can you say that with me? All are coming to him. John answered and said, A man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. You yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. He who has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is fulfilled. He must increase, but I must decrease. Can you say joy of decrease? Let's look at this scripture. As we look at the book of John, John introduces Jesus in, in John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And, and he begins to tell how Jesus has come. He's come to this earth, and uh, how he is flesh, uh, uh, but he is the Word become flesh. And, and this great oratory style of John as he introduces the Savior of the world. And then in chapter 2, John, the apostle, begins to talk about how Jesus' ministry is beginning to spread. I mean, great things are happening. People are being healed and delivered. Jesus is preaching his message. People are being converted and won to Jesus. And it's exciting and it's uh, amazing. But then we get to chapter 3. And John the Baptist is with his disciples, those who have been following him. And they are upset by the crowds that are following Jesus. Jesus and his disciples have gone up into the northern territory of the Judean countryside where they're baptizing many, many people. But not far from there, John was also baptizing people. And his disciples were assisting him, and they came to him to give him a message. That one, you know that one that came to you at the Jordan River? The one that you baptized? The one that you pointed out? He's baptizing people as well. What should we do about that? I mean, I know that's not written in the text, but that's the principle that is there. What are we going to do with this Jesus? Because everyone is going to him. And that's what they were 
saying, but we know that that was an exaggeration. Even in the end of Jesus' ministry, when it was at its largest, not everyone was following Jesus. And so uh, the disciples of John the Baptist are, are jealous. Anybody ever been jealous before? Jesus' ministry and his disciples are drawing a larger crowd. They didn't even want to call Jesus by name, that man. Why? Because they were worried about Jesus getting the limelight. And as I wrote that, I thought, I need to look what that, that is. That's an old word that you don't hear a lot anymore. Limelight, it means that Jesus was getting the focus of public attention. How many knows that within us, we don't like it when other people get all the attention? You see, what I'm preaching about today is that there is a joy of decrease, but it is not an earthly principle. It does not apply in this world. So they're upset. Jesus is getting all of the attention, all of the focus. Now let me read kind of what is not in the text, but what I imagine that the disciples are saying to John. John, didn't you start this ministry? Weren't you the first one? Notice how many times the word you is in here. Weren't you the first one to baptize people? Weren't you drawing the crowds first? Weren't you the one who pointed him out? Weren't you the one who gave him the recognition for his ministry? What was happening? They were being territorial. Lord, it's not fair. They were saying, Master John, it's not fair. And what did John do? He didn't say, you're right. Go stop him. No, what did he do? He said, anything that I have, anything that any person has, it had to be given to them from heaven. I love the song selection this morning. It flows right in. Everything I am belongs to you. Everything I have, every ministry, every thing that I have, every a blessing that I have, it comes from the Lord. It comes from heaven. So John was saying, look, this ministry, I didn't deserve it. I didn't work for it. It's not because I'm so awesome. It's because God has placed this calling on my life. You see, anyone who takes their calling seriously will understand that at some point there's someone more talented, there's someone more skilled, there's someone more anointed, and even someone more qualified than you to do that ministry. But that does not matter because it is God that hands out the assignment, not necessarily based upon skill sets, but heart. You see, we don't choose our own mission. God is sovereign. God is the one who sets out the assignments. And as John is talking with his disciples, you see, it was natural for them to be upset by Jesus' ministry growing, and theirs not. But we're not called to a natural work. We're called to a supernatural work. And so John tells them, you've got it all wrong. The motivation is, is not correct. Uh, from the very beginning of this ministry, I told you that I was not the Christ. I'm not the Messiah. I'm simply one who come to introduce Jesus. 
what, what a simple thought. I'm, I'm subservient to Jesus. I'm not even worthy, John says, to unloosen the sandals from Jesus' feet. So don't tell me about uh, how unfair it is. John is saying he deserves all the glory. I came to introduce him. He's the one that came from heaven. It's all about him. Look at your neighbor and say it's all about Jesus. See, that doesn't diminish our role and what God has called us to do. It's still important. It's still necessary. You see, John's work wasn't done yet. He was still that person who would confront people. Some people, you can introduce them to Jesus by just sugaring up on them, loving them, tell them how God can bless them, and, and, and just you can just love them into the kingdom. And some people you have to confront. Some people you have to say, what's going to happen with you when this life is over? Now, we don't like to do that, and I'm not saying go out and just start you know, uh, screaming to everybody, you're going to hell. You know that I told you a few weeks ago, that's probably not very effective. But some people need to be confronted. And that was the work of John. That's what he did. He told the Jewish leaders that they were a bunch of uh, vipers, that they, you know, uh, that they were evil. Imagine that. that that's not in the 101 of, uh, you know, seekers sensitive church is it John's role was important but it was temporary the role of Christ is eternal you see they were angry now I'll tell you something about the way I write and those who have I've helped in writing sermons and doing things you've heard this before but I highlight 90% of what I'm doing and when I highlight in blue that means it's sad or mad that's what it means. I mean, when you're blue, you're sad, right? And here's the disciples. John, they're all coming to him. It's not fair. It's not right. I'm jealous. You should be the one in the limelight. That's what they were. They were mad. They were angry. But John, they use multiple colors. Magenta. Bright magenta. John was excited. John was passionate. John here was just filled with joy because at the news of his disciples, everybody was coming to Jesus. What an awesome thought that somehow that we begin a ministry, but it causes, it doesn't matter what happens to us, but it causes people to come to Jesus. Everybody. Now we know that wasn't true, but the sentiment is there. All of them are coming to Jesus, and John is not sad. He's excited. Oh, that everybody would come to Jesus. You see, I get a little sentimental sometimes when I preach, and concepts come back to me that I heard my pastor preach a lot of years ago. And Brother McKinley used to say, it doesn't matter what happens to me as long as the Lord is exalted. And that's where John was. He said, I'll gladly step out of the limelight if people would just make their way to Jesus. What, what an exciting thought. You, you see, in our life, in my life, can I speak for me? 
if I can just play a little role in people coming to Jesus. It'll be a joy. It'll all be worth it if I can just lead people to Jesus. It doesn't matter to me if my ministry is ever well known. It doesn't matter if my preaching is ever heard around the world. It doesn't matter if I attract large audiences. If Jesus is exalted, I have fulfilled my duty and my calling. Can we say that? Because there's times when we'll be called to take a back seat and the Lord will use someone else. Are we okay with that? Are we good with that? Because it's not about me. It's about Him being exalted. You see, I don't have to pastor. I get to. That's what John's attitude was. I don't have to preach. I get to preach. I tell people all the time, getting to preach is the icing on the cake of being a pastor. I get to lead people so that they will follow Jesus. What a privilege, an honor. But can I tell you, you're called to do the same thing. You're, and, and what an honor, and what a privilege, what a joy, what an excitement that we somehow uh, can diminish and let Christ be exalted and Him be lifted high. For when He is lifted high, He said it would draw all men unto Him. Wow, what a powerful thought. You see, this world is not our home. It's not. We're pilgrims passing through but we get so caught up in the day-to-day -day and how much we have and, and and the seeking for things that we lose sight that we're not of this world we're simply in it pilgrims and our concerns and our desires must be about the king and the kingdom it's about him jesus said himself jesus the second person of the Trinity, God said, I came to do the will of my Father. And in the Garden of Gethsemane, that famous passage where he said, Lord, if there's any way for this cup to pass from me, let it happen. But instead, and in, in, in knowing that that was the purpose that he came for, he says, not my will, but thine be done. He set aside his lordship. He set aside uh, that glory that he had. He was still Lord, but he set aside that glory that he had in heaven, and he came to earth to die for us. There's a joy in decrease. The Bible tells us that Jesus endured the cross for the joy that was ahead. What joy? It wasn't the joy of the cross. That was cruel punishment. That was terrible. That was bleeding and dying. But the joy that they would all come to God for the saving of their souls. That's why Jesus did it. That's why he was willing to decrease it in many ways that you look at that ministry. It was like it was coming to an end, but it was really just beginning. God calls us to have joy in decrease joy not only did John say it's okay my ministry come from the Lord uh, not you know 
he actually told them, I'm excited about it. That's what I came for. That was my purpose. That's, uh, I'm joyful to step aside and let this happen. John's ministry is just like ours. When you look at John's ministry, it was simply to introduce people to Jesus. That's our ministry. That's my ministry. I I thought your ministry and your calling was uh, to pastor a church. It's contained within that, but the most important part of my ministry is to lead people to Jesus, introduce them to Jesus. Same for you. Whatever your calling is, you never leave that calling of introducing people to Jesus. And when you think about it that way, it takes off all the pressure. I don't have to be successful in worldly eyes. I simply have to introduce people to Jesus. And the results are up to Him. But the results are going to be good because the Lord said, I will build my church. And the very gates of hell, they'll not prevail against it. The church of Jesus Christ will be successful and we will be successful as long as we are exalting Jesus and lifting Him up. Introduce people to Jesus. You see, it's not my church. Never has been. Oh, I love it. And I love you people. And I love to preach. You know that. And I love to pastor. But it's not my church. It's His. And He guaranteed that the church would be successful. So the most important thing for you and I is to decrease that he might increase. John sums up his whole life mission in saying he must increase, but I must decrease. You see, in your Christian walk, and if you're taking notes, you need to write this statement down. I didn't didn't come up with it. I read it. It is a quote from somebody else, but I want you to understand this. If you don't get anything else today, understand that the priority is not the preeminence of your position, but the performance of your assignment. It doesn't matter if you get recognition. It doesn't matter if you're talked about. It it matters have you introduced people to Jesus. What a simple but profound thing. And I, I want you to know that John wasn't backing away. That wasn't his personality. His disciples didn't come to him and say, hey, hey boys, let's, let's just be cool here. Let's calm down. That was not John's character. As I said before, he would get in people's face, but what he was doing was uh, embracing the will of God, fully accepting his position and his place, not grasping for more, not competing for first place, and he is an example for all of us. What was John's secret? He was humble, willing to bend and to bow to the call of the Lord. Not passive, not whatever comes, comes, but cooperating with God. Isn't that amazing? God has called us, creation of his hands from the dust of the earth, to cooperate with him to change the world. If that doesn't blow your mind, I don't know what will. God's called us. John says he must increase, 
and I must decrease. Paul says it this way, for me to live is Christ. It's all about him. Look at your neighbor and say it's all about him. So the question for us is, well, for you and for me individually, am I humble enough to bend to God's will for my life? Am I humble enough to do it? You see, the kingdom of God is not like this world. In many ways, it is different and backwards from what the world would tell you. For in the kingdom of God, for to be something, you must become nothing. To go up, you must come down. If you want more of God, there must be less of you. So we're in a time of fasting and prayer. It's my heart's desire for you and for me that there be less of us and more of Him. It's crucial. And if we'll do that, God will multiply. God will give the increase for His kingdom. God will fill up the church. God will save your loved one. If we exalt Him, Scripture doesn't lie. If we lift Him up, who shall be drawn unto Him? Oh, you really can summarize what John said, his life call, his message to his disciples. You can summarize that by simply saying, you can't exalt Jesus if you're full of yourself. Isn't that true? You can't exalt Jesus if you're full of yourself. If you're seeking the Holy Spirit to be indwelt, to be filled, <coughs> there has to be less of you in order to make room for more of Him. And like that song we just sang, when we lay it all at His feet, it's not about me, Lord. It's not about me. It's about you. I want more of you so that you can be exalted in my life so that people will come to know you. If you're here this morning, you've never given your life to the Lord. The scripture said, all were coming to Him. Would you come to Jesus? It's that simple. Would you come to Jesus? If you're here this morning and you have a need, sick in your body, relationships, whatever it might be, God's here to meet that need. If you're here this morning and you've been fasting and praying and just wanting more of the Lord, I invite you to come spend some time at the altar. Pour out of yourself that you might receive more of Him.